Welcome to the third in our series of Beyond Brexit podcasts. Today, we're discussing the outlook for the UK economy, inflation, growth, the government's industrial strategy and the possible impact of trade negotiations. I'm Gaynor Bagley, PwC's Head of Corporate Purpose, and I also chair our EU Steering Committee. And I'm joined by Andrew Sentence, PwC's Senior Economic Advisor. So, Andrew, after the vote to leave the EU in June, it feels like the UK economy has held up better than expected. So what do you feel is the short-term outlook for the UK economy? Well, I think you're quite right, Gaynor. The UK economy has done much better than I think many economists expected. But actually, as we look back on that, I think we can explain it quite well. First of all, the consumer uh, has kept spending uh, because wages have been increasing faster than inflation. The worries about uncertainty affecting investment are not yet coming through, but they may, they may still come through. And the world economy has held up reasonably well. Um, and it's also worth pointing out that the political situation, which looked very rocky after the referendum result, has actually stabilised. So it's true that the UK economy has performed quite well in the last six months of 2016, but it's still reasonable to expect slower growth in 2017 and 2018. And so we're expecting uh, about 1.5% growth in those two years as inflation comes through and squeezes consumer spending and the investment uncertainty does have some impact on the growth of the economy. Yes, OK, so that's interesting. So actually it's shown in the short term we've probably been a little bit more resilient almost emotionally and politically than we thought and that's had an impact on the economy. You mentioned inflation. So what do you think is the long-term outlook for inflation? Do you see significant increases in inflation? We're certainly set for a period of higher inflation than we've had over the last two to three years. Um, inflation came down to zero um, in the UK, and in a few months it was, it was actually slightly negative um, a year or two ago. It's gradually been creeping up. It's now nearly 2%. It'll probably go over 2% in the next few months. And it's probably going to stick around around about 3% um, in the sort of second half of this year and going into 2018. It's not going to be as high as we saw in 2008 and 2011 when inflation went over 5%, but the period of relatively high inflation could be quite persistent because it takes a while for the fall in the value of the pound to feed through the, the pipeline of costs mm -hmm. and to come through to consumers in the high street or in terms of online purchases. So that's important, isn't it? Because we talked about consumer growth blowing up the economy in the short term, so inflation could put a bit of a damper on that. Yes, I mean, in, wage inflation has been picking up, but it's, it's not likely to compensate for that rise in inflation from about zero up to three. Uh, so inflation, uh, wage inflation has been uh, going at about two to two and a half percent. It's crept up slightly higher than two and a half percent. But the gap between inflation and wage growth is going to be quite significantly squeezed. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's important, isn't it? And it's always, we always talk about averages and the, the economy as a whole, but do you see any disparity between particular regions of the UK that will be impacted more than others? I think the influences that we see are going to operate across the economy as a whole. Um, so the three main influences are one, inflation squeezing consumer spending. That's going to affect everybody. The second is in terms of investment uh, uncertainty. And again, that's going to be affecting businesses across the whole economy. And then the offsetting influence is perhaps the world economy doing a bit better than expected. That's going to help support growth. But again, that's, you know, that's going to uh, feed into what's happening across the economy as a whole. So I don't think we're going to see 
big regional and sectoral uh, divergences. And you, the government started to publish information about their industrial strategy. Do you see that having an impact and maybe perhaps helping even out the, any disparities by the region? Well, I think the government's industrial strategy is, is very sensible. Um, it's trying to improve the conditions for business across the country as a whole. Uh, there are some regional dimensions to it in terms of supporting infrastructure, which hopefully will benefit uh, connections to the north of England and other outlying regions. Um, but it's what I would call a horizontal industrial strategy. Um, that means improving the sorts of things that all businesses might benefit from, like skills, uh, infrastructure, and not trying to target specific sectors. In the past, in the 60s and the 70s, we had an approach of trying to uh, pick winners and intervene in specific sectors. That's not what the government's got in mind. Uh, and I think that's consistent with economic thinking. So it's a good thing. But I think we have to be realistic about the delivery uh, and the impact of this industrial strategy. Anything where government's trying to change the conditions for business has a very longer term effect. Uh, if you think about education and skills, it only if you improve the education and skills of the workforce, it takes quite a while to feed through into the uh, productivity of workers. So this is quite a long term thing. And the, the worry that you would have is that you know, in a few years' time, we have another shift of emphasis in a different direction. So it has to be pursued over a long period and delivered ultimately. Yes. Okay, so that's always a difficulty, isn't it? Balancing short term, long term, which businesses are grappling with all the time. Um, so, if, what, what sort of economic data do you think businesses should be tracking? What's going to be the really important ones for them? Well, I think in the short term, one of the things that we think is going to change the outlook for the UK economy is inflation. So the extent to which inflation goes up and how long it stays up will determine how big the squeeze in consumer spending is. Um, and I think businesses will want to look at that both in terms of the impact on consumers, but also in terms of making sure that their wage uh, increases are competitive if they're, if they're in quite a... Um, uh, an area of the labour market where there are skill shortages, that could be an issue. Um, I think the growth of the UK economy is always something that you want to want to follow, but also the growth of other economies around the world. Uh, the UK is a very international economy, and how we do ultimately depends very much on how well the world economy does. So if the world economy goes through quite a reasonable growth period, that's going to take the edge off these uh, Brexit concerns and help the UK economy get through a period of, of additional uncertainty. So we've produced some long-term forecasts, haven't we, that show that long-term, relatively speaking, the UK should do relatively well in the long term. Is that presumed that's critically dependent on what trade um, negotiations we actually end up with? Absolutely. I mean, those um, forecasts are conditional on the UK getting a reasonable free trade agreement with the rest of the EU and our trade arrangements not being too heavily disrupted by the Brexit process. And if that's the case, we then see the traditional strengths of the UK economy of being a flexible place to do business, attractive to international uh, investment. Those support our growth in the longer term. And so while the UK is going to move down the ranking of countries as other economies like India, um, and uh, Indonesia become more important and China obviously is set to become the largest economy in the world, um, we will still be one of the better performing Western economies when we get to 2030. Okay, that's interesting. And what about the state of um, public finances? We have the budget coming up later in the month. 
What do you think the public finances, is that going to give some freedom if the economy's been a little bit better for more investment by the, by the government? Well, the Chancellor ahead of the budget did get um, a bit of a boost from better uh, borrowing figures, and he's actually got a bit more room for manoeuvre. And I wouldn't be surprised if he uses a bit of that in the budget, because the government want to do everything that they can to keep confidence relatively high for consumers and businesses. So a bit of additional tax reduction on a selective basis could well be on the cards uh, for the budget. Longer term, uh, the influences on the public finances are a bit more uncertain. Uh, we could face quite a big bill um, for the exit of the European Union. Um, and so we don't know how that's going to pan out. Um, and obviously it depends on how much uh, growth slows down over the next couple of years. That could have an impact. But I think the Chancellor's actually got some of the bad news on public finances out, out of the way. That came in the autumn statement. And so there is some scope for public finances to do a bit better than expected. Okay, so a little bit of good news, but still, I'm still hearing an overview message of it's quite uncertain in the short term. Long term, probably steady as you go, but short term, probably um, keep a look out for regular data because it's going to be a bit up and down between now and the next couple of years. Yes, I think we're going through a period that we really uncharted waters, you might say, of these Article 50 discussions and where they're going to end up. And there's also the possibility of additional turbulence in other countries. So we've got French elections coming up, German elections coming up, Dutch elections coming up. We've got a, a new president in the United States. We're not quite sure how, how he's going to uh, respond and perform. Um, so there's, there's quite a few areas of uncertainty. It's not just Brexit. Uh, it's a situation more generally in Europe and in the United States. Thank you. So I think from there, I think we, we, we need to kind of probably we'll have more than one conversation as things develop, because there's clearly a lot that's really relevant for business that's going to be changing almost day by day, possibly, as the political environment changes. Thank you, Andrew, for your insights. And thank you, everyone, for listening. We'll continue to discuss these issues in more detail over the coming weeks. For more insights from PwC on Brexit, please visit pwc.co.uk forward slash Brexit.